0: Dark Satellite Media I'm over here now No need for introduction, it's the drunken monk Turn this shit up a little, son my am up in smoke, sipping McCarty Till I'm giving my car to Jimmy for Barbie And we out, got to go jump in a mosh pit Full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious Like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit When I'm done, i cook you in a Brooklyn Blast Furnace Alright, we're recording. You got me? Yeah. All right, bro. <laughs> this is uh, this is new ground for me, brother. Um, first, thank you for uh, hitting me up last night, and it was a great idea to do a quote-unquote isolation video because uh, crazy times, man. I think we're living through a future history class, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's uh, unfortunate situation for everybody, but I absolutely. Think good thing for you because you keep people entertained with you know blast furnace and and talk to people via skype or whatever you know
0: yeah it's cool yeah this is the first time i've ever done a video thing and like i said i'm going to take the audio and i'll put it up as you know an audio podcast as well but um you're out in la right in la yep and are you on complete Lockdown, like what's what's the rules
1: for you're at right now? Well, the the, we're on lockdown, but the um the governor made it. I remember watching his speech, and I knew right away this is not going to work out. He said we're going to appeal to the goodness of people that they, they will self monitor themselves and keep themselves isolated, bro. Uh, you know, we we all of us in the family stay in shape and 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 run and do whatever we can for our uh, our mental state tight and right. But the uh, we went for, for a jog at the beach and fucking it was like nothing ever happened. I couldn't believe how many people we were out. We turned around and walked away. So yeah. the, nobody's heeding the warnings, and it looks like that the. the it's the millennial age that seems to be like they think things that i mean i i remember thinking i was pull coming up as a kid and, and uh learned quickly that that's not the case so people it, it, uh, unfortunately what's going to happen is that if they can't self-monitor themselves and and keep their own shit in check then they're, they're gonna have to have somebody else do a them. and then shit will fucking sadly hit the fan oh. real quick um and that's not something that anybody wants. So I've been keeping my myself and my family um, isolated. And there's no need. I mean, you know, you go you, you go to the store. I just got back, and you see whole family shopping together. You don't need that. You know, so one person to go out and get supplies. If you're not stocked up, you know, on the necessities, and so you got to go out, then you got to go do what you got to do. And there should be just one person from the from the household. Even if you're living in an apartment with friends, designate one person. There's enough. You can spend enough time together, isolated in your house. You no need to go out and and bring. You know, I've seen you know babe, people bringing babies out. It's fucking crazy. So it's uh it's it's gonna get worse before it gets better, but I'm right. confident that it will get better.
0: Dude, it's um. It's fucking bananas, man. It's um, I, I, it's 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 crazy how within like two weeks, how everything is completely fucking changed. You know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. It went from everybody, including myself, thinking, ah, it's whatever. That this, this will blow over in two weeks. We will, will forget about it and blah 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 blah. And now it's like, thank God. I I, I think um, do you still hear me? yep
1: i'm just trying oh okay. nice that's all good yeah so i agree dude but i gotta say um you know i've been prepared for this shit for a while i was talking to bobby the other day and it's kind of like you know we've been talking about this shit going down for years since we were kids and thank god i'm prepared. um and unfortunately, I got a phone call from a, a lot of friends who, um, you know, people were asking me, I know you've got, uh, I know you're prepared. I'm not going to go into details, but they were like, um, can can I buy this? Can I buy that? Can I get this? And I knew that shit would happen too. And the other thing that they did was California being the current situation that we're in, um, they, you weren't, uh, as of last Thursday, you were they. You were no longer able to buy weapons, so you couldn't buy a gun. I had friends call me up saying, oh, "Dude, what do I need to get?" I'm like, "I told you two years ago what you needed to have and get prepped for," um, because you never know. The thing is, and and I, I tweeted out something last week. You know, now you every now those preppers aren't as crazy as everybody thought they were.
0: Not at all. You know, and not at all. So I I was always like, I'm not I'm not going to say a quote unquote conspiracy theorist, but I always knew that something eventually is going to hit the fan. Something. I didn't think it was going to be a virus. You know what I mean? I mean, it could have been, you know, I mean, I always thought economic collapse, but that's what's happening now due to the virus. You know, it's fucking Now now we got
1: now we got both, bro.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy because I work in Midtown Manhattan. I work on 45th Street in the middle of Manhattan. And like over the last couple of weeks, bro, I took a picture on 42nd Street from like Madison Avenue down towards Times Square. And there was literally like four people in one car at rush hour like last week.
1: It's like some shit out of a fucking horror movie. Yeah, it's dude. Bizarre. I, I th- I think right away we started isolating and, and, uh, you know, my family was a little bummed out right away. They're like, stop talking about it. I'm like, no, this is serious. Let's prepare ourselves mentally. because It's going to get way worse. Right. And people, you know, I, I remember you say what you want to say, but you know, call me paranoid, call me what you will, you know, but shit, I knew shit would happen. And, um, I, it doesn't matter it, it, where 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 we are. I think it's important that people stick to a routine that's gonna keep us uh, mentally sound and strong. Get up early, don't use this time to sleep in until twelve. We all are busy. everybody's got you know their own thing going on. everybody's got we're all in the same boat, but same positive, keeping your, your, your shit correct, you know, get up early, um, Keep to a routine. Handle your stuff. Use this time to better yourself. Make yourself um, active. Don't just lounge on the couch. Keep the TV off. Got to right. stay up on the news. You know, don't trust one source because they're all, Never. Uh, they're all and, uh, full of shit. shit, dude. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, stay on top of it.
0: Yeah. It's like, even, even if it's like little menial things that you don't really have a chance to do around the house because everyone's so busy, take care of little things, try to stay creative. That's why I was down to do this. I always told you, like I said, I was like, I've never done it face to face. I would never, I've always only done it face to face. I would never do a video. I would never do a phone call, but under the circumstances, I mean, why not? You know what I mean? It's helping me stay creative or keep my sanity or speak to somebody, you know what I'm saying? So it's a good thing you know and then it's also like i said it's like a learning curve as well it's like a, you know maybe i can branch out and do these things with somebody like yourself who's on the opposite coast you know or somebody in europe who our schedules i mean when when's going to be like a chance that me and you could actually sit down for an hour and change when you're in new york to actually have a face-to-face conversation it could be in five years from now the
1: the plan yeah exactly the plan was to do a black and blue ball that was my hope but uh Right. It's not to happen, you know? Right. Yeah, the, the black and blue <laughs> bowl is probably, probably not, not happening. A... Hey, well, I'm doing an interview, okay? Talking to my buddy. Sorry, dude. So uh, um again, it's cool. All right. So uh yeah, dude, I, I think that um nobody expected something like this to happen, you know, like I get we got used to um uh Earthquakes, real quick, out here. And we, right. I remember we were doing State of the World Address, 1994, 93. I don't remember what, when was the
0: big earthquake? 93, because I was there.
1: 93. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and uh and, you know, I remember uh, we we were staying in L.A. and there was this like vibration, like these. And what it turned out, we found out later, was it was. Um, like prequakes, right? But, but coming from New York, it was like you know we have oil burners, and when that shit goes on, the whole house it goes and that you hear it. You get used to it. Right. I didn't think twice about it. I just was like, ah, it's the same old little shaky. It wasn't a big deal. And then that shit hit. So we we kind of got used to um, moving out here. We came out here in two thousand eight and got used to the quakes real quick. Um, we were pregnant. My wife, uh, my wife is pregnant. We are expecting a, a baby, and it happened um, commonly. And I remember the first uh, shaker. Anyway, my point is that we all get um, complacent with things are going to be easy, and and you have to always stay on your toes and be prepared for the worst, and and hope for something <laughs> um, you know better. Yeah, um, and pray for the best. So having that mentality helps me. Um, deal with all the shit that's going on right now and and sad as it is but i think that we all need to keep a better um outlook on things we'll survive it it's going to get worse before it gets better you know we're in la and new york are in in rough shape seattle uh, washington in a rough spot um i am fearful of things getting way worse in new york and yeah me tell the population here we're very similar in population wise, but New York it's, we're on top of each other. Here it's all spread out. That's why we don't sure. have the train that we got. And that's you know that's the other thing is that before um, you know you guys locked down, it was things were running normal. I mean everybody was a little afraid of it, but it's the trains and subways that are, are like that's crazy. And I, I yeah. was so fearful as I'm I'm out, because here you can isolate more. You sit in your car. You could do your stuff, um, and we were able to isolate like, quicker and sooner than New York was. And that's right. Like, I'm a r- really afraid of how that you know is going to pan out. I'm, but on, I'm, I'm on the that. I'm on the train every single day back and forth.
0: Well, I'm on modified schedule right now. I'm alternating days with my boss, so I'm off today, but I'm working this week Tuesday and Thursday. The next week it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's like well, I'm just alternating yeah. days. But I'm on the D train every single day from 20th Avenue to 42nd Street, Brian Park and back.
1: Yep. So, you know, dude, you're still not, you're, you're taking the trains now.
0: They're running. They are running on a modified schedule, but they're still running.
1: Yeah, I, that's I can't believe that. man. I'm telling yeah. you, man, I, 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 my gut is telling me that people need to take the lockdown way more serious. It, you got right. to you got to just stop stay away from people stay away from each other that's the only way we're going to stop this i'm telling you all i'm right. not having i know life's got to go on but in order for it to go on sorry my battery's dying i want to i don't want to lose you so all all right, right. in order in order for life to go on um we've got to stop step back a little bit and right. uh and, and recheck and reevaluate how we're
0: going to handle this yeah um, man how long, how long? I mean, obviously, nobody really knows. I mean, you can't really tell and everyone has their own opinion. But how long do you think everything will supposedly,
1: quote unquote, go back to normal? When do you think this is like I'm telling you, bro, this is like September 11th in a sense that it's right. it's it'll worse. never be the same. It'll never be the same. Things are going to be different from day on. That's it. Right. Um, so I think we're going to. Um, I think all the estimates are true. I think people are not understanding the magnitude. I, I, there was a interview on the news last night with some lady in, in Orange County, uh, California, not New York. but um, And she was talking about, ah, it's not a big deal. This is nothing. It's just a little virus. You know, we've survived right. work. No, this is the, unlike anything else we've seen. I'm not going to be the news guy that, that repeats everything that we're all seeing on the news. But I think right. people aren't taking that serious. I didn't I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't take it serious
0: really in the beginning either. You know? Yeah. Nobody so, did. No, not at all. So now let's 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 take a break from the doom and gloom, Bill. <laughs> all right? Let's uh, do you mind if we go back a little bit to uh, in the day a little bit of biohazard if you don't mind and where you came up and all that stuff even though i do know the whole deal because i've been a fan since the demo days i've seen yep. you guys before the first record drop, that Lamore's this that and the other thing so but maybe there's some people that need a little smartening up maybe not maybe so where do you want to start bro you want to start all the way back with anthony mio or do you want to go like past the first record release
1: I, I'm cool with anything, bro. There's no, there's no off limits with me. All right. Well, I, that, well, now, I could be wrong, but it was you and Evan created the band, correct? The band was um, started with... I'm trying
0: not to ask hacky questions, but I just I got to start somewhere. It's all good.
1: So we were... Um, originally, I, I remember... There was, I met Evan through some friends. I was, used to work at a place called Flippin' and, and in the village. Right. It was, it was a punk rock like clothing store. I, I ran security there. And this dude that I knew and would party with worked at Crazy Eddie. He told me that uh, I, was try, I was trying out for this band called Breakdown. You know, Breakdown? Of course. So, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were trying out for Breakdown. I tried out for a Breakdown, and I remember talking to um, – singer what's his name uh jeff jeff yeah jeff, 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 jeff said me, jeff was like um and i was just i just got off tour with luke with uh driller biscuits and af and luke and i were talking about this because i you know i was like this hardcore the hardcore skinhead the, the les scene was my where i hung but this kid that worked at crazy eddie down the street on sixth avenue introduced me to evan but he's like hey i know this dude he's a metal head but he's looking for you know to do something, and he jams with a bunch of different people. He's a bass player, so he introduced me. Evan was not my kind of, you know, dude. he wasn't part of my scene. But right. he had jammed. He was jamming with um, Mio, and then Mio was tra- jam with Bobby, Bobby Hamble. Right. So the the four of us got together, kind of like it. it Everybody was doing different things. I met Evan, came to my apartment in Park Slope, and I played guitar, you know, and I showed him some riffs and some stuff. And he's like, "Hey, you should do something." And then uh, <laughs> and, and me it was like, "I got this kid, um, Bobby Hamble. He's just like, you know, he's got this long-haired metalhead dude who was into hardcore." And when I met Bobby, we hit it off real quick. So that was the beginning of the band. There was no oh, names. God. And I remember remember sitting around the table. (laughs) Sorry, let me jump out of the house. Uh, Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Yeah, my boy's uh, (laughs) close. I think I'm losing you out there. Bobby, there was no name. And um, I remember Pete Steele. At one time, said to Evan Ice, you guys should call yourself Biohazard. And he showed me this book, and the and the book was a. Well, I remember my old man, man who was a, who I used to have in the summers as a little kid, cleaning test tubes and shit. And I used to see the symbol, the sticker. Yeah, I'm losing you out there a little bit, brother. It, it was it stuck in my head so much that i was like that's that's fucking genius but pete was like you should just use the symbol kind of like what prince ended up doing later on in his career but yes. i was like no this, the name's dope and so that ended up becoming it on the list of like there was like three or four names
0: you're you're, you're breaking up yeah. out there bill was You're breaking up out there, Wait. brother. You're breaking up. Frozen. This list, a bunch of Yeah, you're, you're, you're you you you're breaking up out there. You froze. You froze right after there was like three names on the list.
1: Okay, so we're going to go back inside. <laughs> Sorry, so, it's all right. So we're sitting around a table. And there's three names around on this list, right. right? So we're fucking smoking crack, bro. We are all Sick. fucked up on drugs. It was a di- different era for the band. So we're smoking crack. And Evan says to me, so what do, you, what do you think? You know, what do you want to go with the name? And I don't know if I cut out before I said something, told you about how we, Pete Steele and yes. my father, did you hear about those stories? Yes. Okay. So we're sitting there. And what were the other I, names I, on the list? I don't remember, bro. I, I bio. I know. I, I have no idea. Jeez. So somebody hands me a fucking stem. I take a fucking oh. hit and I'm like, let's go with biohazard." And that was <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> Soon after that I keep making my stomach bubble right now, just thinking bro. about that
1: shit. Yeah. So Soon after that, we, um, (laughs) we, uh, got more serious with the band and we found ourselves more interested in like making music together on Friday night in the, in Ace London and, um, in Brooklyn, then hanging out, doing drugs and fucking, you know, doing stupid shit. We were all on different paths, similar paths, but with different groups of friends, you know, causing more trouble than doing Good for for ourselves in the world, but um, music. It, I know it sounds cliche as fuck, but it saved us. And I found a uh, you know more a, a bigger desire to create music than I did to create harm to myself. You know, and and right. the early days were you know from fucking the drugs caused me to do a lot of fucking stupid things. You and me both. Things I carried around a lot of anger, a lot of fucking hatred um we oh. all had crazy upbringings and i uh, that shit manifested inside and it was like cancer to me and um and i spoke a little bit about it throughout through, over the years in my music um, but that's where we were at that time and that gave birth to to biohazard
0: nice and then you, you put right? out the first the first couple of demos which we won't get into this questionable nonsense which who cares but um but There's then you can talk about whatever you want bro no, with all the stupid, I don't want to rehash dumb shit that I don't that doesn't offend me. Like, you know, there's the whole, you know, the the, the, the master race shit and blah, 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 blah nonsense that people always every once in a while, the troublemakers like to, to bring up and like make an issue out of something that's from like 1988. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and then but then eventually, I guess I don't know how or how you want to get into it. But I know that uh, Mio wound up leaving the band and he wound up getting Danny.
1: Yep, so Mio, um, the drugs and the partying got real heavy for us, and some of us did better with it, and found our ways out of it, um, it didn't work that way for Mio, unfortunately. Right. So we split with him, met Danny, um, Danny was fucking awesome, and he's been a lifelong friend, close friend since then, and yeah. then we uh, did our first record um, on this label called Maze America. Maze. yeah and then uh one of my favorites ever not being a brown nose but it's one of my favorites in
0: general yep Mine yeah, too. yeah as it should be it's a fucking masterpiece well once 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 Mio like like got got like the boot i would guess he started that band new york city strength N.Y.C. strength i remember that yep yeah with man i started yeah with our buddy, our buddy splatter it was yeah with splatter and then splatter left and then scott mecca and then Tapeworm and TK was the singer. I used, to, I used to hang out with all of them at Fastlane for Mikey Big Balls and watch them rehearse. Yep. Yeah. yeah, crazy times. Long time ago, man. Long time ago. Long time ago. Like 1990, that was. Fucking crazy. 30 years yeah. ago. Fuck. Yeah, time flies. So then so you put out the self titled on Maze and then. Was that the time frame? Who'd you go on to? There was a bio. Who'd you go on tour with? There's some metal band. It was like a bit. Was that the Exploited? Were you on tour with the Exploited at that
1: time, or was that Urban Discipline? We did. Um, no, we did before. On um, the first album, we did went to Europe with right. Monkey Pup, and then we went. Mucky
0: to headline, for, Yeah, Monkey Pup's
1: responsible for
0: bringing a lot of people out
1: to Europe. Yeah, they, they brought us. I mean, I, I don't know who else yeah. they brought, but we owe a lot to them. Um, and then they brought, um, and then we went on. we brought Wargasm on our headlining tour in Europe. And then wow. after that, we did a tour. I don't think we did a tour in the States with uh, Exploited and um, Type o Negative, who did half the tour. And then... The other half was Fear Factory, I think. Nice. I don't recall that, but, um, no, I don't, uh, sorry. It was typo negative, McSpoiden. And that typo okay. negative at home, I remember Pete was calling his sick every day from work. And it lasted, I have a video of him. We were in Kansas, and he was, he clicked his heels. He goes, Billy, I'm going to go home. I've been calling his sick every day for 21 days or something like that. And he goes, uh, there's no place like home. And he starts clicking his heels together like Dorothy. So they split. And then we finished the rest of the tour. And that was a crazy wild tour. was exploited. Um, A lot of crazy stories from that one. I'm sure. um, And then we came home from that tour. And we had worked on. There was four songs that we had written. I remember there was um, Black and White and Red All Over. Urban Discipline. Shades of Gray and Punishment, and those are songs. The first four songs of Urban Discipline, Um, and so we had played those songs at at, you know every night on tour. We wrote them, um, you know, kept you know like oh this works great, let's change this, and we would you know the songs would during the tour. We came home and finished writing, and that those first four songs were the you know the the four strongest or some of the strongest songs on Urban Discipline. Right, came home from that tour finished that went in the studio and uh and drops about a, 6 months later dropped Urban Discipline crazy and then and then
0: that's when you guys pretty much took the fuck off you guys blew up it, outside of New York you guys blew up from Urban Discipline now it
1: was <laughs> Urban Discipline was a catapult for us it, it right. started it started with um the first record the self-titled cuz we toured a lot and we kept yeah. staying on the road And then we, um, Urban Discipline came out, and we just kept going. It was like we, I remember we finished recording and um, went right back on tour. Then Punishment hit. We're on tour in Europe. Headbangers Ball picked it up, and that helped us a lot, um, just reaching people. And I remember watching that every Saturday, and and I remember thinking to myself, I, I didn't like that. That like the, the, the marketing team behind like I didn't like that 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 we were getting attention to me that was fake. Right. I wanted to get um to reach people by playing live, and I gotcha. love that side of it. And I remember feeling uncomfortable with the the marketing behind it, but th- that was my own personal thing. Right. Uh, but Beavis a butthead picked us up. They liked this, and then shit just blew up. Right. And uh. It was all out of our control, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you
0: said, I mean, that was the catapult. And then next thing you know, a couple of things like that. MTV was gigantic at the time. So once any any aspect or any part of MTV picked you up, it, it becomes out of your control. And then how long were you on tour for with, with
1: Urban Discipline? You were every fucking where. We did. At that point, we start, it seemed like we started this cycle of like going on tour for 18, you know, a year and a half probably oh, we were on the road for 18 months and we was like we were young kids from Brooklyn that went on that went on tour once in a while but then it became we were like these touring dudes that would go back to Brooklyn once in a while right so that was like the cycle and it, we did it with first 3 or 4 records in a row we would be tour 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 come home do a new record and go back on tour again right um, so it was a lot of hard work and a lot of craziness um, but that's a, that's the way it was. That's what we yeah. wanted to do, and that's what you know. We love being on the road, and right, that's all we did. You know, like yeah. I said, we it changed our lives. You know, yeah.
0: So now, once Urban Discipline, after that whole tour cycle and everything, that's when you guys left Roadrunner and got signed to what Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, it's uh, and then you got and then you guys went out to Cali. And that was like a whole thing. And then, if I remember right, because I did, I did a podcast with Danny at a diner in fucking Jersey, and um, during a snowstorm. But he was saying that um, that whole tour cycle was insane. Like you guys would run ragged on that whole tour. Steelye While the dress was like fucking ridiculous, I heard
1: it was all crazy, bro. Here's <laughs> okay. the thing. Here's, Fair here's the thing. For, I, they used to call me the Sarge cuz I ran the shit you know I was always the guy who would make sure everybody you know that's, we got to rehearse we got to keep our shit together we need to set this we it can't be three of us talking it's ridiculous and it, and it, I think over the, in the long haul my work ethic and my organization and my drive you know dissolved a lot of relationships you know it's kind of like like I said that my I was called the Sarge I, I remember uh, Started back in the in, you know tour managing the band during Urban Discipline during uh, the Exploited tour, but it was like we worked so hard to 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 get our music out that um, it became such a wild crazy ride that I didn't stop to really pay attention because I was always busy just trying to keep shit straight, keep things everybody in line. Um, so when things Started to fall apart a little bit in the relationships. I watched things dissolve because I think that we got some of us got our feet too far off the ground, you know. Right, we start believing the hype, and yeah, then things started to affect the band. Egos, a little bit of ego here and there, not a little bit, a lot, <laughs> of course, you know. Yeah, so I think the for me. It's funny because I, I'm the only guy who still does it. I'm the only guy who keeps, you know, I start new bands, I keep doing yeah. it, and every time I go back out, I start over with the, You know, I'm in a band, sleeping yeah. on people's floors. Um, even with even with Power Flow, I got, I have, you know, so much shit going on. But even Send Dog, I mean, Cypress Hill, is a huge. They just got a star on the on the Boulevard in Hollywood. Awesome. They're a huge band. They 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 have so many hits. That dude, you know, to start over power flow and to be in a band, you know, I'm cool with it, but that dude, he's got the same mentality and it's a different level because he has their stardom never faltered, you know, they never, they never, they never hit a peak and just dropped. They, they all, you know, they got a new record. I mean, everybody has a career that goes up and down, but so, anyways, my point is that you. I think that there's a certain cloth that we're all cut from, and some of us are are made to do what we do for real. It's not fake. It's not you know like uh, you know you can see the bands that are kind of like they hit it, and yeah. when it's happening, they're into it. But the minute it starts to falter. They They're switch right. on to something else, you know? Right. Whatever I mean, the new flavor of the month
0: is, changing their sound, changing their style, this, that, and the other thing, or just call it
1: quits. Yeah. I mean, you know, to, I, there's two sides to me. Like, to me, hardcore is everything. I love it. I fucking always love it since day one. Me um, too. The guys in the band turned me onto metal. I was not, I didn't like metal at all. And I think, um, if it wasn't hardcore, if it had more than five chords in a, in a, in a riff, I hate yeah, it, right. but I get, you know, Danny and Evan and, and Bobby turned me on to a lot of great music yeah. I, I'm forever and great, forever grateful for. But there's a certain thing about hardcore that, and, and punk rock that it was like, it touched me in such a way and and such, especially like, you know, starting, starting piano as a kid, six years old. I was drilled with classical music and jazz and improvisation and blues. I threw it all out and I met and fell in love with punk rock. And I was like, wow, you could have music with a message, but still fucking, you know, be a little bit entertaining because Kiss was the first band that I liked as a kid, little kid. So I mixed all these things, but it was a punk rock and and the hardcore ethic and, and like way of life that really grabbed me. Yeah, so, over the years, and I'm—I know we're stuck, you know, speaking some tangents here, and I'm going off. On that's a, all right. Well, I just want there. to
0: throw back. You, you, you were—you were able to throw in some skills on your piano on the first record.
1: Yeah. So, I think <laughs> I remember when I, that happened. It was like people would say to me, "You can't—that's not hardcore." I'm like, "It's not hardcore," but to me, it's whatever you want to do. That's fucking hardcore. Be who yeah. you are. Sure. So, my point was what I was saying was, as a fan of, as a musician and an artist, I get it. I like when people do different things, try different things. Don't just don't just lock yourself into one pigeonhole as an artist. Okay. Sure. But on the other side, as a hardcore punk rock um, huge fan, I like that. You know what I mean? It like it comes out a lot in my solo record. Then I started a new solo thing called Billy Bio. And right. somebody said to me, it took you 25 years to do something solo? And it was like, no, it didn't. I look at it yeah. like I've always been a solo artist. I always brought in songs to Biohazard as a writer and be like, this is my idea. What do you think? Whether it was Punishment or What Makes Us Tick or Tales from the Hard Side or whatever song it was. But I liked the way a band works. And I still do. But right. as I've as I grown as an artist, as a writer, I don't need anybody else to write. I like my ideas. It's kind of like an artist that paints a picture. You paint your the fucking picture. You don't invite your buddies over to your house and give them a paintbrush. You go ahead and change what my vision is. That doesn't work. Picasso right. didn't, it wasn't Picasso with his buddy. But that aside, I like that. And I become more successful as a personal artist. I like my vision being pure and I'm I'm more prolific that way. Yeah. Well, you have crazy. I I like the way I love the way a band works. It's, you know, Biohazard was, it was four gears, whether one gear is stronger than the other. It was the four gears that work together. And when we split ways with Bobby, it changed. It was three gear, you know, and then, you know, Evan split, we got Scott. It was a different gear, but those gears always work and turn in different ways you know yeah. my gear is, is still strong as fuck and still oiled and still working and I'm going to do it to the grave yeah, so man. I think the uh, um, you know the, 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 you have to respect where things come from and I, I I know the value of the different points in our career and my career but specifically what we're talking about with biology, Right. right? There was a certain thing that Neil brought to it. I'll never diss Neo right. at all. He right. was a, a member of the beginning, and there are certain things that we went through that helped propel us further. Yeah. Um, and then Danny came in the picture. He brought a different element to the band and helped part of that formula. But when we split with Bobby, things were never the same. Right. Um, and we had moments here and there with different guitar players. What was what was the last record that Bobby was on? Bobby was on Mataleo, correct? No, oh, was, Bobby, Bobby that, he left we writing, for the dress. While we were writing Montaleo, Bobby yes. wasn't part of the writing. I, he was going through some heavy shit personally. Right. And that's when we split. He right. split and we went in the studio and recorded that record like a month later. Gotcha. That, was, that was a rough time for, for the band. Mentally, Danny and I, um, we kind of just pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps and did it. Right. Um, and then we got this kid at Robert Varia, who was from Helmet. She yeah. came in after we did the record, um, and then the record after that we did, um, which with New him, World, was World Disorder. Disorder. Yep. And yeah. then, um, and then after that was Means to an End. No, no, no. New World
0: Disorder, then Uncivilization.
1: Uncivilization.
0: And then yeah. kill be killed, and then Means to
1: an End. Yep. <laughs> and then. Um, Rob left after New World Disorder. I remember he quit while we were making that record. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy roller coaster ride. Dude.
0: Yeah, man. It's like I know you had Leo
1: Leo was in the band for a little while, but I don't even remember what records. He was on uh, the beginning, wait, like, after we did Montalio, we did New World Disorder. Newest order was Killer or Be Killed. No. Then uncivilization. Uncivilization, and that was he was in the band. I think he played a little bit on that. I don't remember. Right, it's crazy. Yeah. And, then for, a, and then for a little
0: while, you you did a rum of Blood for Blood. Yep, that was pretty. That was a good time. I'm sure that was pretty crazy too. <laughs> yeah. I love I love Rob, man. Rob, I love that guy. But I'm sure that that shit was fucking bananas too. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, man. <laughs> Really yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Fuck, man. So now I, I have to ask the question. It's going to be the hacky one, but will there ever be an original lineup reunion of Biohazard? Danny, you, Evan, and Bobby, the handball. In my opinion?
1: In your opinion? No. No, okay. I'll tell you why. Talk to me. When um, Danny and I always said, if Bobby got his shit together, we would have him back in the band in a heartbeat. Right. And it took a while for that to happen, but he did. And when he came back, it, I remember um, bumping into him after we split with Bobby. We were we went to we were in somewhere in Times Square, and he. um I remember we bumped into him, and, and it was the whole band. Rob Echabree was there with us. So it was it was Evan, Danny, and I, and Rob. And one of our other buddies or a manager. I can't remember what we were doing, but Evan, like, literally ran away. Didn't want to confront Bobby. Didn't want to deal with him. So we stopped. We were talking to Bobby, and, and Bobby said, you kicked out the wrong dude. And that's not what happened. I'll get into that in a second. But he turned Evan and he said to me, That's the motherfucker you need to fucking watch. He's gonna destroy what we built. <laughs> and, I, and I said, and I'm like, At the time, I'm like, what are, what are you talking? You know, you don't know what he's talking about, Bobby. So here's what happened when we split with Bobby. We were um, working on Mata Layout, and Bobby would show up. We, had, we, we would get out of it. He would show up, going through some hard times, and he, uh, would diss all the music that I was writing. And I remember he's like, it sucks. I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> you got something better. Let me hear it. And he, ne- he didn't have anything. So one day I got so sick of fucking just, dis- I felt like I'm carrying this fucking band. It was my music. with was all my shit that I felt like I was bringing a lot of stuff in. Not to say that Danny, Danny wrote a lot of stuff too. Everyone would contribute more lyrics than he did with music. But I felt like I was carrying this shit. I'm like, I'm not going to drag this fucking band around. No more. I'm all done. Right. We got a big argument. I packed my shit up. I told the guys I'm done. I quit. I quit biohazard. So I packed my shit up, went home. About a couple days later, Evan shows up in my stoop. We sit outside in 58th Street, and he said, yo, you're going to do something else? I'm like, yeah. I'm doing something else. Watch me. And he said, all right, I'm in. I said, do you want to play bass for me? He goes, yeah. He said, all right about a week later, Danny calls and said, all right, I hear you. Are you doing something with Evan? I'm like, I'm going to do something new. And he goes, whatever you guys are down with, I'm down. Whatever you're doing. I said, all right, no. bet. Our manager gets wind of it, Scott Coning, and he calls up and he's like, listen, if you guys can't get on, you guys work so hard, you guys can't get on with Bobby and how things were, don't throw the towel in. Keep it going. You guys work too hard. I said, nah, I don't want to do it. In retrospect, we should had stopped it. We should have come up with a new name and went on as somebody new. It would have preserved what we did as Biohazard. And this is my opinion. Okay. Back, guys. Interesting. Very interesting. Right? Yeah. So that didn't happen. We, we the record label. Everybody, we are we are contractually obligated to continue with a record. We are. Like literally, in like a month before we ended up recording Macho Layout, we had a bunch of songs, the label. So, a manager was like, ah, they fed us all this stuff. They, you guys, um, we got this producer who wants to work with you guys, they love the songs, and that record ended up becoming Macho But years later, Bob, for years, Bobby Carrier thought that we kicked him out of the band. That's not what happened. I quit Biohazard, and we end up slowly going back to, to say, you know what, we're Biohazard. You know, I right. rent our voices, Danny's drum beats, that's biohazard. It's a version of biohazard. Cause I'll never it 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 what it was a different thing without Bobby. And and so when we got back together with Bobby, it it was like this fire was reignited inside of us. And it right. was so it was exactly how we left it off. Right. The, the playing with him was like, wow, this is great. And that worked for a bit. And Evan was years before quit biohazard in my opinion and he was just going along for the ride he, he had uh, his whole different trip and i think that he liked the fame and fortune not that we made a fortune but he liked the fame and attention right more than anything and then when the when you we couldn't make a, the same living off of biohazard he went along with because his his ego was stroked in my opinion all right yeah so but being back together with that slowly kind of came back to life, and when he got involved, you know, with stuff that he was involved in, it got pretty heavy. I'm sure. Uh, so, hmm. it. I then remembered what Bobby had said to me in the mid '90s in Times Square. He said, "That motherfucker is going to chip away at what we built. He's going to destroy it." And I watched so many people talk shit about my boy at the time, and it was like. Yo, that's my boy. I can talk shit about Evan, but you can't talk shit about him. Right? People dissed him for the way, and I watched him disrespect people. And I always made excuses for him. I was always like, "Yo, sorry, man. You know, he it's he's more interested in, in chicks than he is in you know hearing the answer to the question that he asked you." So, right. I would make so many excuses for the dude, and and I, at the time, and I, dude, I remember getting phone calls. You know, yo, Evan's gonna get he he got jumped. He's here. In boxer shorts, running down Blackridge Avenue with a hickory stick in the back of my truck, my back of my fucking uh, old would be a cutlass, taking his back. I would take a, would have taken a bullet for the dude, but his he became and grew into something different than what we were. Sure, and what bio as it was built on, and I think um, to me when we he eventually quit the band. We were in the middle of a record. He went through some sh- personal stuff um, that was so far away from who we were that he, when he quit, we were like, Peace "Take out. it easy." Yeah. Good so he formally
0: he formally quit. He was like, "I'm
1: done. I'm out." Yeah. And I think okay. he quit. Like I think he quit thinking that we would beg for him that could be back. Like we need you. Without you, we're nothing. And we didn't. No. We were so psyched to be back together with Bobby. The, and it, it was Danny, Bobby, and I. And we were so into what we were doing that we were like, yeah, we don't need him. Fine. He right. quit, whatever. You think we're just gonna throw the towel in and move, you know, and, and be like, sorry, Almighty Evan, we don't need you. And right. we didn't. So we like, we'll find a way. We ended up, there was a show we did with Blood for Blood. It was a uh I think it was New England Metal Fest. And I remember Mike Pooch, a buddy of ours from uh, Sworn Enemy, yeah, uh, helping us out. And we couldn't get in touch with Evan. We were supposed to play this show, and it was we were doing. I was doing a double bill. It was Blood for Blood and Biohazard. And we couldn't he, we couldn't get in touch with Evan. And he he told um he told Mike some fucked up shit, and 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 we weren't sure. We just showed up. We weren't sure if Evan was even gonna make it. He ended up making it, ended up being the last show with Evan. And right after that, he quit. We got, um, we had another show. It was, it was download festival, which is a big festival in in England. It's huge. And we had Scott fill in for us and, and Scott, um, I think was during the time we weren't sure if I was going to make, I'm not, I don't remember what it was very crazy moment. And I was having a baby um, and, but Scott was came in as like a temporary guy, and he ended up filling in for Evan. And then Evan quit, and it was or I think Evan quit before we did the show. But right. Scott came in with the same hardcore fire that that Danny and I and Bobby had, and he was great. He looked a little bit, he sounded a little bit like Evan. He's not from New York, from Ohio, but he imitated Evan in a, in a great way that that people kind of I think a lot of the younger kids were like, is that they. Is that the dude from, is that him? Right. And I, I think it just worked. It was great. We had a great run. And then Bobby and Scott really didn't get along too well. They—they—they they, 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 At first they didn't. And for, I don't know where it came from, but their relationship got worse and worse and worse. And then Scott quit. And that's the. Right.
0: We yeah, well, I, I, I remember seeing you guys two nights in a row. It was at that small spot on Staten Island the night before you guys played, this is hardcore with, with Scott. Yes. It was like about four years ago. You played a little club on Staten Island. Oh, it was called the hashtag bar, which was fucking great because it was small and intimate. And it was like, Fucking! I'm listening to fucking Retribution right now. Like it was fucking amazing. And then
1: was hot, it was hot as
0: fuck. I remember It's That's why it was so great. It felt very old school back in the day. And then the very next day, I went solo. It was the first time I was ever at This Is Hardcore. I drove out to This Is Hardcore, and you guys played that next day. And I yep. was going fuck. And you saw me, and you grabbed my jacket and you pulled me on the stage. And I just stayed on the side of the stage for the whole fucking rest of the deal. But, yeah, you guys killed it because, I mean, it's like you even said, like, do you really need Evan? I don't think so. You know, that's my opinion. It was great.
1: I think that um, to me, like I said, I always respect the different eras of the band. Right. And it, looking back now, we dealt with Where's I'm a survivor, dude. I do what I do and I find a way to do what I want to do. And, with, and it's always been the ethic for Riser. when there was tours we couldn't make happen I found ways to make happen I do I do it with powerflow I do it with Billy bio I do it with the bands that I work with and that I produce it, there's always a way and that was been my ethic to help propel myself what I do with my music from day one yeah. it was a, when I was doing um, the new Billy bio record I had to deal with record label and I, we were on tour with um power was doing some dates with we are on a west coast tour with life of agony and joey i joey knew i was doing a solo record he knew i i wanted to do something cool like break off and do like a solo record so he he we ended up doing he's like i know you got the solo thing going on but we wanted to take you to europe and you pull it together and i wasn't finished with the record i was i was 100 percent into doing power flow and I knew Sen was going to drop a new Cypress Hill record. And I thought to myself, I'm like, it was like July of 2018. And I'm like, yeah, I can make it happen. Yeah. It was the perfect time. So I went home from that tour, finished working on the solo record, and uh, got, got in bed with these guys. And I remember, and I finished up the record, trying to make this record deal work with these dudes. And they, fuck, I caught them, bro red -handed trying to rob me blind ah. and, and so that deal fell through in like August and it was on paper like we had paper so I pulled together within two months and my record came out beginning or end of November and I teamed up with um with AFM records and I dropped my solo record be the fire Billy bio on November 30th of 2018 and then did the Life of Agony tour in Europe with All Hail the Yeti. Then I came... So, we on not going to do it. Ask who it is. Who is that? <laughs> so, uh, um, anyways, where there's a will, there's a way. And with all respect for the different eras of biohazard, to me, like, we, we moved past Evan, you know? And the things that we went through with Bobby... Were way different the things in that we went through with Evan. Right, um, I'm familiar with those things, but I
0: won't say it. But I'm familiar with those things.
1: Yeah, and so doing going on without Evan, um, it was like he wasn't into it. He quit years before he actually physically quit. Yeah, mentally he was checked out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now I do things if if we can. Like I, I told you, Danny and I are very close. And Bobby, we talk all the time. Um, Scott left us high and dry, quit and 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 dissed us and talked shit. But I got nothing bad to say about him. But right. with biohazard, if it happens, and we've talked about getting back together, there's so many different ideas. It, it, it'll it happen. But as far as with Evan, I would bet uh, a lot of money that it's not going to be with Evan. Right. Yeah. yeah I have no desire to do it. I, right. I wish him well. I don't wish any ill, anything ill, on anybody. Um, right. But I have no desire to do anything with that dude.
0: You don't dance. You don't dance around your house to his new hip hop songs. Do I what? You don't dance around your house to his hip hop songs. <laughs> <laughs> what hip hop? <laughs> Evan has some sort of a hip hop song or whatever that everyone abused. Yeah, <laughs> I, sure. saw it, I saw it,
1: dude. I, I I saw it, and like I said, I got no ill vibes for anybody. Right. Um, I, I I blasted out a post. I blasted out a post for Scott on uh, his new band, right. um, you know. And I, I of course helped Danny with his bands, Bloodclad and stuff like that. So sure. I got no ill vibes for anybody, right. you know. But I'm busy, I busy doing my own shit. Yeah. So let's real quick. Let's take it back is the
0: first time you met Sendog when you did the State of the World address record. Yeah, we did. Is we that did how you work. met him? Because so, I just wanted to know the progression of how. You guys linked up and then obviously he's recorded the you know how it is and all that, and then all the way up to being in a band with
1: him with Powerflop. Yeah, so that we met Sen, we've been friends since like ninety-two. We were doing um Standard World Address and teamed up to do How It Is and then we did a video, played a bunch of shows with them here and there. But him and I was were kind of like it's almost like, I don't know, we just hit it off. Um, he was a you know um there's a lot of similarities, and I don't know why, but even though he came up from the east west coast and I came up from the east coast, we stayed friends, worked on different projects here and there. Sen came and um, did you know some drops, spits and bolts, verses on different bands that I worked with over the years, and always hit it off. While I was doing, we were still doing Biohazard came and said he was working on something like a side project, like a metal band, and he had done, I was a fan, watched him come up with as a band called SX10, which was pretty cool. And um, he said he was doing something similar and asked me if I wanted to be involved. I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do something. Yeah. So it was Tim and Roy from Downset. So they played some songs that I thought were pretty cool. And uh, so I played him some songs. And then they wanted me to be in the band, and I was like, "Ah, eh, I don't. I'm doing biohazard, and you know, we, you know, we're having a baby, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start something new. If I do anything new, it's going to be a solo thing. I, I really want to do a solo thing. So I, I said, but I'll produce and write for you guys. So I wrote a bunch of songs and I produced them, and we were in the studio in A and not A and M, NRG, working on the record. And we brought in um, this drummer, who I, this drummer Fernando, who was, I played in a band called uh, Edra. It's a band from Brazil. And him and I've been friends for years. And then Christian from Deer Factory, on um, bass. We finished recording, and I'm looking around, and, and and I speak Portuguese. My wife's Brazilian. So Fernando in Portuguese, he said to me, "Well, hey man, what do you think, bro? This is great. We all get along. We're having a good time making this record. You should be a band." And I was like, look around. And we're all laughing, joking around. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Right. So I, I talked to Sen. I'm like, let's, let's, let's do this for real. There was no name. We finished the record. There was no name for the band. And uh, we had a couple of deals. Um, I went to, brought the band to Nuclear Blast. And they liked it. Um, I remember Mike Gitter. We brought to Mike Gitter. And he had, I think he heard the band before we did the record we heard some demos and he passed Mike getters from broker i don't know if you know who that dude is so um we ended up going with a label called new damage records okay and uh, dropped our first record um self-titled and that was it so now we're working on record number two nice uh, and two of the guys it's just Sendog, christian and i roy quit fernando uh quit he split with fernando he had, like, visa issues and shit. But anyways, it's fucking killer. It's yeah. a lot heavier, a little bit, a lot more metal. But it's it's a fucking Bang River record.
0: Sick. And then you and then while well, you put out Billy
1: Bio, you working on any new Billy Bio stuff? So the new Billy Bio is going to come out in October. Okay. i working on that now. And that's uh, slamming as fuck. Any working titles that you can divulge? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's a... A new song I wrote called Looking Up, that's that's pretty badass. Okay. It's about um it's it, it's about kind of like, you know, we all deal with a lot of negative shit and it it's kind of like you gotta dig through the bullshit to to try to capture a little bit of of hope and light to yeah. try to give you some kind of focus and especially now more than ever, you know, like I, I mentioned that when we first started talking. You as as shitty as it is, and it's gonna get worse, especially for every all my family back in New York. It, it, we've been in isolation now for over a week, um, and it, it's you gotta focus on some kind of positive shit. Absolutely. As heavy as it gets, you gotta kind of you know harness it on some kind of you know positivity to help bring you through all the bullshit. Sure. That's, that's been the way I I push forward through everything that I do in life. Um, yeah. And it, it yeah. helps me. So that song's called looking up. Nice. Yeah. I used to be such a negative, angry, angry
0: person. Like, do I flip out a little bit here and there? I do a little bit cause little small things bother me, but I get over it like this, you know what I mean? But you, you like,
1: passing it. it's all about, you know, letting shit go, man. It, absolutely. I kid I around too much anger in me. You know, I lost oh, my mom too. as a kid. She died of cancer. And, and I, I questioned my faith in God. Um, a lot of has to do with you know punishment came from a lot of that stuff but um you kind of have to just be like it is what it is use the cards you dealt with make the best out of it and move forward you know
0: yeah or else else, it's like you're going to be miserable your whole life then who wants to live a life of misery i know i don't (laughs) i don't i don't man fuck man yeah shit so now, I mean, I I was, I usually, when I do these things, I always ask, so what do you got coming up? But everything's on pause, man. I mean, you no, had, dude, creativity is not on pause, man. No, I'm saying like live dates and stuff like that, that you were going to play. Everything's
1: canceled. Well, nope. I, the, luckily, luckily for me, I did. I, you know, I watch all my friends from AF, Sick of It All, Madball, Hatebreed, everybody's postponing their stuff, They're, you know, and they. it's a big hit um for everybody luckily for me i was scheduled in the in the studio um i got my own i own my own recording studio so i have a bunch of bands that i'm producing and working with what's the name Um, of your studio plug that shit man it's called firewater studios it's pretty badass we did the last fire record i did the power flow record um the last billy bio record i did the cutthroat New band I'm producing from L.A. Count Time, yeah, you, a hardcore band from
0: L.A. You were just on tour with those bands, right? With Wisdom in Chains and and yep. everybody. Yeah, yep. looked like a fun fucking tour, man. I seen all you guys post and everything. Luke Luke wrote it gets the little uh, the little award for Vinnie Stigma
1: for being like the best guy on the tour. I seen so, all of that. Man. Luke's <laughs> a great dude. That that tour by far was one of the best tours, and I I got so many great tours on. You know, being honored to be able to tour with like Ozzy and Pantera. Slayer, numerous times. Um, but that tour, it was Gorilla Biscuits, Agnostic Front, H2O, Wisdom and Chains, Street Dogs. What's up? Oh, sorry. Billy Boy, ba- yeah, no, I got it. Billy Bio yeah, yeah, with great cutthroat count time. Um, great tour. You know, and most of the tour, we were like, we all grew up together. So yeah. we have to. You know how it was came up through puberty together so to be on tour with so many great bands it was called persistence tour and i got out so many messages you know from friends and family like yo you got to bring this tour to the states it's hard to do in america where sure. you know like america as great as we are we're spread out it's yeah. still the, the number one market in music it, you sell all the bands we sell the most records in america but the population is so spread out that it's hard you know every tour, you know every night it's 6 to 8 hours maybe 10 hours between major cities where right. in Europe you could drive 2 hours and and drive 6 hours and play you know three every 2 hours you're in a different country so yeah all uh, right i just Get got notes. To, go to the room yeah <laughs> <laughs> Here's number one, rule of survival. Stay calm, number, rule number two. Be respectful of each other. That's it.
0: Right. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right. oh, that's fucking funny. I, I, had a feeling, I had a feeling someone was passing you a little note. <laughs> yeah,
1: with wife. Happy wife, happy life. Rule right. Number rule number three. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, man. Well,
0: I mean man this is it's so this is just so weird man it's just a completely new life and hopefully this shit ends quick man you know what i mean i hope so but i think it's going to be a couple of months
1: yeah i think we should prepare prepare for the worst and hope for the best you know what i mean but uh yeah just one day at a time that's it it's like everything you
0: know yeah yeah man you want me to end this, um, like, cause I'm going to extract the audio from this. And I'm going to post it up. Um, it's not going to have like an episode number. It's just going to be like a, like a special, I don't know, isolation interview, blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe I'll start you know, like you
1: a. You should do like a chapter thing, like, like make a special thing called isolation, you know, Yeah, the isol- the, yeah like
0: the, the pandemic series or some shit. Or, you
1: know, like, who's a dude like the, the Peel Sessions, like, um, from, uh, England, you could do like, you know, the isolation sessions.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah. And, and you'll get the credit every time because it's your idea. Nah, it's all you. Yeah. I don't take credit for things that aren't mine. Now, when, when I extract the audio from this, do you want me to like end this with like a Billy Bio song or a Biohazard song or whatever you want?
1: What, what, how about? Yeah, end it with Billy Bio, freedom's never free. That's a timely thing because people are watching, and I'm going to leave you on this note. Never give up your freedoms for security. And and it happened with the Patriot Act after September 11th. Yeah. It's going to happen again. Now people are like, even myself, dude, I got to catch myself because I I watch people, they're isolating. You're supposed to be isolating, right? it's, It's for the benefit of the whole. But people go out. I I couldn't believe it. I told you I went for a jog and I watched. There's so many people out. I, I was like, what the fuck? What the? Heck? Even though I was out, but I'm running. I'm not I'm not running in a horde of people. I'm right. jogging. I'm you know away from people. But right. I saw people like hordes of people, teenagers, so many different age groups. Like, well, and it's you could tell it wasn't a family. You know what I mean? Well, they weren't just right. families. So because of that, I found myself saying, "Yo, they got to make this fucking mandatory." Yeah. Now our governor, you know, New York and LA, both governors, asked for the National Guard to come in. So National Guard is going to shut places down. They're probably going to make it mandatory isolation. And I think asking people to voluntarily isolate themselves obviously isn't working. You know, you can see the news, you can see the people all over. All over. It's crazy. You, the, the only way to stop it from spreading is to keep away from each other. Hundred percent. That's it. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. People right. aren't doing that. Um, I don't want to have somebody tell me you have to stay in your fucking house because I'm listening. You know, right. i'm keeping my family isolated. I'm the only one who goes out shop. Right. And when I do, I keep my distance. I go hours, hopefully where there's least amount of people around. Um. But with that mentality, it'll get, it'll be, we'll be able to have our freedom back sooner than later. Right. Not only if everybody respects that. Um. Anyways, go ahead, bang out. Freedom's never free. All right. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. And
0: Billy, I appreciate it. And you know, one day we'll sit down face to face and we'll do, you know, a legit. Not, not saying that this isn't legit, but. One where it's not, you know, we're not in isolation. You know, we'll sit and we'll shoot the shit about whatever's going on at the time. All right.
1: hundred percent, bro. We're we do it with send up. We'll do it in a uh, under powerful setting.
0: Oh, that will be fucking great, dude. I yeah. appreciate you. And I'll talk to you shortly, my man. You too. Stay safe, bro. I will, brother. Thank you. Peace.